Hey everybody, welcome back to uh, another episode of the Student Spotlight. It's been, you know, it's been a decent chunk of time since we've uh, highlighted a student on this podcast. But uh, but today is a very, very special day. And I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've worn this phrase out so many times. But truly, and I can't emphasize this enough, <laughs> truly, we do have a very special guest here today. David, um, it's lost its oomph. You, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's starting to yeah, become I'm the gonna norm. Start, I'm going to have to start searching up synonyms here. Um, <laughs> but but trust me, please, please, well, trust me when I, I say we have a special guest here. Today yes, well, and David, 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 wait. This is the farthest guest I think we've ever we've ever interviewed, isn't it? I think so, pretty it's much. about 3,000 miles away. I think this is the, the longest Yeah, we are between. we are pushing the boundaries <laughs> yes. of online podcasting where we are literally reaching coast to coast here because our guest today hails all the way from, New, not New York City, New York, Vestal, <laughs> New York. Uh, welcome, Carlin Rayan. How's it going? Good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Um, I'm super excited because it's not every day you get to, uh, you get to speak with guests who, you know, live across what what this is like six time zones five time zones is, it, is that how that works something like that <laughs> so, yeah. something like that yeah and, and yeah as of right now it's uh what 7 16 p.m for for me and david and uh mm-hmm. carlin it's it, it would be 10 16 right yeah yeah That's my <laughs> Dude, that is <laughs> oh boy okay well um no, we're breaking no, no. the rules <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, you know, in, in any case, we're super excited to have you on here today. Um, I think for the sake of our guest, well, sorry, for the sake of our audience here, I think we should, uh, you know, give some context clues as to how we uh, were able to come into contact. Uh, and that is because uh, me, Cal and Carlin all have a very, very uh, specific characteristic that we all have in common. And that is we are all podcast hosts because Carlin has now debuted her uh, her own podcast um, uh, with her and her friend called Candidates. And, uh, you know, shameless plug here. Please check it out. It's it's I mean, when you when was the first pilot released? Was it like a few days ago? Yeah, it was about a week ago, actually. And thanks for the plug. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hey, hey, I like I said beforehand, before we started recording, um, us student podcast hosts, you know, while we may be few, we are a close knit community, and we will do anything possible we're to support it. You know? We're we're sticking together. We we have to. Exactly, exactly. We're 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 a small group, but but so, our voice is loud. I would I would like to start just real real quickly, <clears throat> asking about New York because uh, there, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions. I bet. I mean, just like us living in California, people assume that me and David probably surf every day. Um, we're probably yeah. on the coast constantly in LA. Drive so down the highway with a bunch of palm trees across. Yes. Yeah. So I'm assuming life isn't very New York city for you, Carlin. Is that right? Yeah, no, you'd be right. So I live in a pretty, um, I'd say secluded area of New York. Not a lot of people always associate it with downstate in the city and all that, but we're from upstate. So it's, it's pretty far away from the big cities. People tend to know about an hour each way from like Syracuse and other major areas but it's kind of a small town lifestyle I don't know if you guys can relate to that at all oh yeah oh yeah totally I mean one of the first things that we brought up when you when you were talking about Vestal your hometown was it shares a lot of similarities with our city in that you know it's you know it has a relatively small town vibe going on to it uh, but also it just seems to be like right smack middle in in between everywhere that's you know 
interesting, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Away from Sacramento, Bay Area, Los Angeles. I guess in some cases, Las Vegas as well. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are advantages and disadvantages in living in, um, you know, a relatively small town environment. I think Cal and I have talked about this, where, you know, resource allocations may be different with compared to big city districts. But at the same time, though, I feel like there's a certain level of, you know, like almost freedom and and uh, you know a frontier like thing because like you know our district does not have any student podcasts whatsoever and we were fortunate enough to start something kind of from the ground up where no one has explored (coughs) right there and and yeah that's kind of that's kind of what i feel like for small cities um carlin do you have that same i guess vibe going on in vestal yeah, so sort of. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that that you didn't have other podcasts in your um in your district because my little sister, she's in middle school, and today she showed me that her some of her classmates had actually started their own podcast. I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy because I never would have in middle school never would have been like had the I don't know I guess the guts or like the knowledge to do something like that. So I thought it was really awesome that I'd seen that. But other than that, I haven't really. We don't really have the most like widespread, I don't know, like all those sort of student initiatives that people usually see in big cities, like probably in New York City, there's a lot more students just because there are more people in general, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Making those projects and such. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talk about this a lot and funding is always, you know, a sore point whenever we talk about education. Yeah. But in your opinion, do you see Vestal um, and its schools having necessarily a funding problem? Because for us, you know, we've seen classes being removed and, you know, teachers needing to, uh, you know, stress, stretch funds and, you know, clubs not being able to receive too much support, stuff like that. Um, and, and obviously it's not due to anyone's particular fault. It could entirely be, you know, from an infrastructure point of view. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, do you also have that same situation going on? Um, well, I think our school is, um, is fairly fortunate in the fact that they don't have to often like let go a lot of teachers that I've seen. But we do have some interesting funding choices. Like one year they went out and our school decided that cell phones were a huge issue. So they went out and bought like, I guess, 2000 of those, you know, those clear pencil box cases. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, no, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, wait, are they the little pouches? They're like, um, they're like solid boxes. I don't know. They open and close, but they decided that those would be the best method for everyone to have one and put their phone in it in every classroom. So we have like thousands of those boxes at our school and the, <laughs> and the program only lasted like one year. So that was a an interesting choice of funds, I would and, say. Uh, so you're no longer putting your phones in those clear boxes? No, now we just have them like so, in the carcasses so just, of those boxes all over our school, like broken. Yeah, they're and... just sitting somewhere in a warehouse. Yeah, Aww. it's very interesting. Yeah, well, I guess you know, I think all three of us are are you know politi- politically minded, but but also solution minded, in that we're we're willing to talk about solutions here, and I, and I think it's uh, uh, an appropriate time to, to to quickly explore this idea. I mean, like cell phones as you know. A distraction, right? I, I wrote a blog piece on this a long time ago where I was talking about how like attention is, it's like classrooms are an auction house where, you know, so many sources are trying to vie for your attention. They're trying to buy it, you know, so mm-hmm. to speak, because, you know, to, to play on a little bit of words here, you, you know, you pay attention. So I guess that that's the currency in the oh. auction house and you have the teacher, you have the, your computer, 
your friend next to you, your phone, all these like all these, you know, auctioneers, all these buyers are trying to vie for your attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sadly speaking, you know, more often than not, your phone probably has the most uh, currency to buy your attention. Um, so like, you know, in the blog post, I was exploring, you know, how do we make teachers be the highest bidder? You know, how, how do we get teachers to become the highest bidder? And, and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you know, some teachers, their, their, their teaching methods may be slightly dissociative as like, you know, maybe yeah. well, I mean, just lectures or just notes where it's difficult to really be fully engaged. Yeah. How do you um, tell a kid that a lecture is going to be more stimulating than just being on your phone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you got to include yeah. uh, more interactive ways of, of learning, you know, discussion, you know what I mean? Collaborating. Those things would probably keep me away from my phone personally. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. And I, so our school, we watched this movie um, this year about like social media and its effects. And it was interesting because one, one quote that really stood out to me was that it takes 20 minutes for you to really refocus on your learning after being on your phone. So if you think about like every time you go in the hallway, or like every time you check your phone, like at the beginning of class, then once you're in that class, that 20 minutes is like half the class period at our school. So I just thought that was something that also takes away from teachers, you know, because mm-hmm. if you think about not having that full attention, it's really hard to to really like get what you like, even in really um, teachers that are really engaging. It's really hard for them to like bypass that cell phone yeah, use yeah. all the time. Yeah, so and, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Cal. Uh, so it's a little off topic. David, finish your point, please, please. Okay. Well, I mean, in terms of solutions though, right? Like, you know, is confiscation, confiscation, sorry, uh, is, is that the best method? And, you know, I think we've seen enough anecdotal evidence where that has happened, where it just simply isn't producing the results that we want to, right? I don't think confiscation necessarily solves anything, right? If, if anything, you know, it may brew discontent, distrust, but at the same time, though, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any alternatives besides just trying to reform lesson plans to becoming more engaging. Like, like basically, you have to ask teachers, which, by the way, there's no easy task. You know, how do you make a lesson plan that's more engaging than trending page on Twitter? You know, which is, you know, Twitter knows what they're doing in terms of grabbing your attention. So if, you know, asking teachers who are, you know, generally already under-resourced to be able to produce something that has the command and engagement to pry you pry you away from Instagram and Twitter yeah. and text messaging. But just imagine imagine how many years in college you'd have to spend to really not only learn the psychology of grabbing kids' attentions, but also learning about the subject you want to teach. Like it just seems like a, a ridiculous amount of amount to learn in just within four years, you know? Yeah. I don't know how and like to be constantly keeping up with how students are being like how students best um, engage, like as time goes on and as technology, like I guess as technology advances, how that impacts learning for students, because that impacts our whole lives, basically, if you think about it. Yeah, exactly. So I really wanted to ask this question. Um, so you decided to make your podcast during quarantine, and, and I just want to know why it didn't happen during school. Well, I guess the biggest factor is honestly... I don't know. You guys can probably definitely relate to this because I'm sure you. This is a big extracurricular for you. But when it comes to school, I feel like the, it it takes up so much time. And then like the the club extra extracurriculars that we had at school too, that kind of consumed our whole weeks. 
and we never really had we like this had been a passion that we wanted to explore but we never really had that like concrete time that we could really devote to it so we just never got around to it and I feel like the extra time we have now just really made us like let's just get into this and let's just do it right now because why keep waiting and waiting you know for to have enough time when we have it now and I, and I can almost and I can almost guarantee you that you're going to learn more from this podcast than you did your entire senior year. And it, it's unfortunate that your school didn't, you know, allow you to dedicate some time to develop your podcast. Well, yeah, no. I'm. Go oh, ahead. Okay. Well, I'm super glad that you brought up this point because I I think Cal and I have not been very clear about this, and I think it's time for for a disclaimer, right? Because Cal and I, our senior year had very, very flexible schedules that allowed us to be able to, you know, record basically almost daily in our heyday. Yeah, dude. You know, it, if not if not three times. Yeah, I mean, I think our record here was four episodes in a day where we did one <laughs> during third, fourth, fifth period, and then one after school. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and, and, yeah, and, and obviously that's, that's not a sustainable thing yeah. for many, many students. I mean, we were lucky to be able to have a schedule that like I had free periods yeah, dude, and it's, days. it's not only free periods we, we had free periods but you also need cooperative teachers on top of that and it's just yeah, exactly. nearly impossible to have that it almost fell into our lap it was a miracle yeah and I, I don't think this podcast was, would have nearly been able to push out I mean obviously been not able to push out enough you know the same amount of content if we did not have this kind of uh, I guess support so I, I, to anyone out there right now who is listening in, uh, now is the best time to to pursue that passion project that uh, you know you were, you had to put off so much time um, because of school. And it, it's rather unfortunate that this is this has come to that where, you know, I understand that you know most likely most students, whatever they're doing in school, they like it. But at the same time, though, I feel like classes are so consuming all around. And yes, you do learn from it, but at the same time, I feel like you can learn more. I don't know if you guys are getting what I'm trying to say here, but um, you know, I just feel like there's so much stuff going on in school. Some of it may be productive, some of it may not be. And since it just takes up all of your time, you simply have no time to do some self exploration or or self improvement. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, I, mean, no, that's I agree. Just, yeah. And, and I mean, we said it so many times on this podcast, but. Like what we have learned from this podcast is is honestly, it's it's unmeasurable how many times more important this was than a test score or improving your GPA. Like the things we've learned from from this podcast are just invaluable, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, we we never talked about what your podcast is actually about. Though. Yeah, we just yeah, talked about the name it, yeah. of it. So, uh, Carlin, please tell us what your podcast is about. Sure. Yeah. So. Basically, our podcast delves into the various policies of both of the candidates of the presidential election coming up in November. And we really want to give a non-biased, as best we can, um, look at each candidate and what they really stand for. Not like what the rumors are or the uh, misconceptions about their party, but like what those candidates specifically are really about, just so that we can kind of educate our peers and young adults specifically about just um, voting in in general and what they can do to be best prepared for this election. Because I feel like to a lot of people, this election is going to be very important depending on their belief systems. And so that's what we really want to stress, that it's best to be informed. Exactly. And honestly, you took the the pathway I think Cal and I should have took of which was one of, of no bias, right? Like it's, it's the perfect, 
it's the perfect combo because you're not you, you know you're not endangering yourself to uh, being labeled as a particular side you know um staying neutral can be so so critical when it comes to these types of content um and and yeah i mean so far uh you know to just give a rundown what topics have you talked about on on your episodes so first our pilot kind of was talking about their backgrounds um we talked about biden's background in politics trump's background in real estate and their other endeavors just um just to kind of talk about them as people per se and then our uh next podcast with was healthcare. So we went into the healthcare policies of each candidate. And today we just recorded a new one, which is about um, reproductive rights policies. So that'll be interesting. And we're going to uh, release that within the next week. So we're excited about that. But we, yeah, we haven't recorded a great deal of episodes, but we're going to be really working on it. Our school actually hasn't ended yet. So once that ends, um, we're going to really, really dive into developing a lot more podcast episodes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing more content. Um, one thing I did want to mention real quick, just as a side note, maybe some some of our audience may find it entertaining, but um, I, I think our podcast, even if I, I'm the only one who, th- who thinks this way, um, I think we hold a certain notoriety to us in that we have a horrendously inconsistent uploading schedule. I mean, Cal, I'm sure you will know. Like, you will go... <laughs> We'll do a week where we churn out seven episodes, and then the next month we won't post one. Well, uh, maybe not that much, but like, (laughs) um, like for instance, nowadays uh, I don't think we've posted for a a week or so. But then you know, a week a a a week ago we did like three episodes in a row, Um, and I think all that blame rests upon me not having you know consistent. Uh, I, I'll take some blame editing. too, David. I have a job. It's really hard to mind the schedule. Well, no, up. yeah. Well, see, see that can, I can't possibly blame you for that because, you know, chasing the bag holds priority <laughs> above all else. Yes, yes, yes. It is truly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing can get in the way of that. So, But, um, uh, you know, I have an argument against upload schedules. I think they're, I think they can uh, hinder your creativity, dude. If, if you're not feeling, whoa. if you're not in a creative mood or you're not really feeling the podcast vibe, a really long conversation, and you have to force an episode out to meet your your uploading schedule demand. I, I think you can turn out some really bland content. Dang, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> although although I would say that for our style of podcasts, where we're literally entirely improv, that that makes more sense. <laughs> entirely I mean, I mean, improv. It, it, quite literally, yeah. Um, but I think for Carlin's, it's since it's you know a scripted and. <laughs> slightly more informative i would say um hey i don't know about that <laughs> i think <laughs> this is pretty in its own way very informative as well yeah i guess i mean it, we had a phase cal i don't know uh how you thought about it but like you remember how like our last i would say like three or four episodes our podcasts started like all culminated in like this big life lesson like there's that <laughs> I one know. Where, where you were talking about like you know retail work is a trap you know you're you want to pursue your dreams, but if you get stuck in the mindset of settling yep. for a for a decent position, I was getting super deep in all that. But um, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and I we, guess we, occasionally we do get rather pensive. On, we on we went on like a I don't know. What happens is yeah, exactly. We we find a topic, and then we dedicate like five episodes in a row, and we somehow link it back because you can tell it's on our mind. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't I like know. Um, so so after you after you cover these candidates, what do you plan to to cover next? So um, I think we kind of want to stick, we really want to stick on the political track just because that's something that we both are really passionate about, my co-host and I. So we were thinking about either um, 
kind of going into local elections and uh, informing people about that or like um, races in the future, like for governor or for Senate, the Senate or I, I don't know, just yeah. um, other similar because I feel like those are even more less. I feel like, excuse me, those are even less researched among people just because like for a lot of like younger people don't even vote for those sometimes. That's yeah, my no, no, dude, you brought up a great point because local politics, I think needs the most coverage because it just ends up being a sign war. It's like, how many signs can we stick in people's lawns? Yes. Yes. And, I and that's how you end up winning that election. So I, I think covering that would be really important. Yeah, I, I was about to say, like, Carlin, that was probably, you know, you, you made me really happy with that point, because uh, it, it's a quite simple fact that local politics just simply does not have the mainstream exposure and appeal, you know, despite it arguably having the most impact on day to day citizens lives, you know, yeah, for you know, sure. the I, I mean, we were able to uh, talk and record a podcast with uh, one of our local city councilmen. And one of the things that he said was that you know the reason why he pursued local politics the most is because he felt like he, he could enact the most change and impact on the community, right? Uh, there is a certain detachment between national level politics and what a person in America does day to day, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, despite this important impact, we just simply like literally, I think, uh, and uh, and I may be painting with broad strokes here, and uh, you know, I may be doing disservice a little bit, but. I feel like a lot of local politics is just, just simply name recognition. Whichever name just seems more out there, whichever one's exposed more, more in people's minds and memories, it's it's more likely that, right? Because you don't have national networks covering this and and you know yeah. giving background. So, so um, yeah. to to have to have that outlet for local and even state politics, right? Like like when our governor um, Governor Newsom was elected, I had no idea. I mean, like I don't even know when our governor cycles are, are even occur. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I do have a question for you, Carlin. Um, what kind of sparked your, uh, your, your pursuit of political awareness? Or I'll say uh, political activism. Cause me, me and David are uh, politically aware. We, we don't really participate in, um, well, we haven't participated in an election. Obviously we haven't gone into any um, <laughs> uh, protests or riots or anything, but you, you've said yourself that you've gone to a, a protest. Yeah, okay. Um I actually went to a protest today. Oh man. Not Dude. to get too political on the show, but um yeah, I went to a, a peaceful protest today um in correlation with like the Black Lives Matter movement. It was in my town and it was about a thousand people, so it was it was just a really amazing experience and I won't like go d- too deep into those like views or anything like that, but no, yeah, I just did that today, but I really have been doing this ever since sort of like I guess like eighth grade, I really was big on like being a social justice warrior. I was <laughs> not to say that I was one, but I thought I was one. And I was like, you know, I'm going to really just like um, try to find out as much as I can and like try to just, I don't know. I, I just like saw some things that I thought were the best from leadership. So I really wanted to, to speak out about what I thought was right and wrong and to go to those protests I thought was one way of doing that. So that's just my take on it. Yeah, exactly. That's so so great of, of of a take because, you know, as as I'm sure you will know, inaction and indifference on part of injustice is you know if it is equally bad as you know actively negatively you know going against it, right? So, 
I think, and, and it's unfortunate because Cal and I have talked about it. It's where, you know, simply put, uh, civic activism and, you know, that, that side of civics and politics just simply isn't emphasized, I, I would say, in high school no. or in middle school at, at all. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just simply that where, yeah, you know, I, I'm not so sure what it's like specifically in New York, but I mean, for in our area, we don't, uh, literally our only politics class, so to speak, is AP government. And that just focuses on, I would say, the uh, the, the bone side of yeah. of American politics, where the, the muscle you stay, and the... Yeah, exactly. And, you're staying away from current events. It's pretty much just... Oh, really? We don't even have work, AP yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, how well, integrated mean, is a, is civic engagement, the government, knowing about um, current events? How, how integrated is that into school in uh, New York? So, um, I can't speak to other school districts, but in ours, we don't... So, we don't have AP Gov. We have... Um, participation in government, which is like a half year sort of thing. I'm taking it like as part of my economics class, but it's that's kind of like about voting and um, I don't. Okay, so honestly, our teacher like didn't even really tell us what part of our class was participation in government, which part was econ. And since school ended, we haven't really like had that many assignments. So I'm not even really sure what our school covers with that class but i think it's just kind of like a blanket statement to sort of say that no shade but <laughs> to say that they educated us about voting and everything but they do make us register to vote so that's one thing but yeah we really don't have a lot of um political uh politically minded classes at my school to be honest mm-hmm. do you do you remember like the first protest or, or even like the first major memory that you had where you kind of really got into this whole politically minded uh, attitude. Yeah, so it was pretty much just in eighth grade. I um, I went to the women's march because my mom and I were really like we just really wanted to be a part of that movement. We thought it was like really amazing, and we just were disheartened by some like um, comments by public figures that had been really derogatory. So we wanted to kind of just speak out about the um how we felt that that was wrong so we went to that and then i've been going to that pretty much every year since and just trying to be like pretty i don't know like on social media i try to be pretty like open to the beliefs that i think are important to me and and such i definitely want to go to more i haven't been to like a ton of events but i definitely want to go to more and like when i go to college i really want to be a part of those sort of movements too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nice swerve by the way that was that was a good catch um, <laughs> not naming any names but yeah that was, no, good. No. That was good yeah no like like for for me i would have just blurted that out but um but yeah no that's super cool i mean cal cal and i have been fanboying over like the ability to to go out and protest i mean obviously i think cal i may be i may be wrong but i think we also had a black lives matter protest um at our at our local courthouse right yeah I actually was going to, I was very close to going to participate. Um, I was going to, to also bring my camera and take some really nice pictures, but, uh, you know, Rayleigh's called me in in perfect timing. So I I wasn't able to participate. Yeah. But, um, I I heard that one ended in some tagging on the police station. Not really sure, but yeah, they they, they did protest. Yeah. I I am, uh, I am proud of Merced. It's rare to really see that. So a lot of people showed up too. a big turnout. Yeah. I'm, I'm relatively glad that um, there wasn't any, you know, significant violence on part of the police property. Um, and, you know, it's just for the matter of community safety, right? I mean, 
Right. But 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 yeah, I mean, we didn't see anything crazy go on. Um, obviously, in other areas, it's it's not so. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a. But at the same time, though, it's it's so weird how this year has just been like literally a culmination of everything. I, I like I know. You, you literally cannot explain it differently than just the, everything. The the first thing that happened this year was was everyone thought we were going to World War Three. Yeah, that was how we. That's yes. how we started. That was January. We kicked off with that, and then it's been downhill ever since. Been, yeah, I, I mean, know. I mean, for you, Carla, I'm curious, and and this could help anyone who may be wondering the same thing. Like, how did you weigh the benefits and cost of going to a protest while coronavirus is going on? Yeah, so that definitely was something. I my, actually I went with my parents and my sister too, so we definitely were thinking about that. I guess for me personally, what I thought was like. Yeah, I so I I'm yeah, I'm scared of getting coronavirus or contracting it, but I wore a mask and everyone there pretty much had a mask on and what I thought basically was like this fear that I'm feeling right now is sort of like the fear that a lot of people of color are feeling every single day. Like fear of their I I mean, I'm sure I can't even imagine that, but like I feel like I owe it to those people that have like such an even greater fear. Um, just to be out in the community, like fear of police and such, like I ha- I owe it to them to to kind of protest and stand alongside them. Yeah, and for that reason, you know what I mean. I mean, this isn't even really a, a left or right leaning thing. I think everyone mm-hmm. can agree that. Yeah, it's just a human. No matter what your skin color is, you deserve equal opportunity. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, well said. Um, I think by now, um, it's I think we've run out of time to uh. To explore further, you know, uh, as much as I would like to, I would definitely want to talk more about this whole thing. I mean, we've definitely touched upon a variety of topics that I think a lot of people would find informative, if not thought-provoking. Um, just as a reminder, again, for all of our audience here, um, you know, please check out Carlin's po- new podcast, Candidates. Uh, you can find it on uh, app, uh, Spotify, right? Is is Yeah, it's on, it's Spotify. on Spotify. And we have an Instagram account, too, at con- Candidates Podcast. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Plug away, but um, yeah, but this uh, is yeah, one of those. Uh, this is one of those podcasts where I look at David and we're like, yeah, we're doing a part two. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, definitely. We'd love to have you back on. I can't wait. Honestly, I'll be, I'll be, <laughs> I'll bug you about it. I'll text you. All right. Like, hey, sounds great. sounds great. Yeah, but um, yes, definitely. In any case, for our audience here, please stay safe. And I understand there's a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of chaos going around these days. So, so please stay safe. Um, you know, protect your loved ones, uh, and and also, and I'm think, and I think hopefully this message have been has been said plenty well enough on this podcast. But stand up for what you believe in, and don't be afraid to voice out. And as you see here on this current podcast, we have three young high schoolers, teenagers, so to speak, that have found a voice and are you know not scared to share it. So for all those out there, especially during these times, don't be afraid as well. And again, stay safe, wash your hands, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode of (laughs) of We The Students Podcast.